Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. With me today is CEO and CIO Chris Wallace. Welcome, Chris. Good to be here, Dan. Chris, good to have you back. Uh, with a combination of some travel and being out of the office, it's been about two weeks, a little over two weeks since we last recorded, so mm-hmm. we've got a, got a lot to cover today. Um, really, most particularly over the last month or so, we've seen uh, ex- the market's experience a, a really phenomenal rally. Um, many market pundits, they're looking at the percentage of stocks above their 50-day moving average, um, the breadth of rally, the, the level of retracement, and those folks, they seem to be um, real excited and declaring the bottom is in for the current bear market. Um, so first question for you today is, you know, do the, are the internals that you're watching, does that support the view that the bear market is over? Um, I don't think so. I, I understand everybody's enthusiasm and everybody likes uh, markets to move higher and it's easy to, to wrap a narrative around it. But when you really look at the internals, it, it was nothing more than what we see in every market corrections. Um, markets get oversold, positioning gets extreme, there's some reversal in that downward trajectory, and you know, we have a, 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 a hyper-financialized um, market in the sense that it's driven by price momentum and shorter-term price momentum and CTAs and trend followers, and you've seen the leadership out of what I would call the, the junkier part of the markets and high short interest. Um, but more importantly, the volume was declining on big up days. You're just not getting any real confirmation. And this is completely consistent with every developing bear market slash recession, which is there's this negotiation phase while we're waiting for economic reality to, reality to be reported where the market started to discount coming problems. And then you always end up with a group of investors where it's in their best interest to continue buying. And so they promote that, that you know, a soft landing or we're not going to have a recession or it's already priced in. And they're going to point to the same kind of data they always point to, which is the lagging data. And we've seen it in every cycle. They're going to point to, look, employment growth is still strong. Wage growth is still strong. Look at the spending. It's still strong. All of that's true. But these people are driving to work looking in the rearview mirror. Those are very, very lagging indicators. When you look at even looking at at recent earnings, that's in, in the past. Markets are going to move going forward based on what earnings are going to be going forward. And we still got to bring down earnings estimates. And the leading indicators are just crystal clear. We are going to have an earnings recession. We are going to have an industrial goods recession. And not just in the U.S., it is, it's going to be global. To the extent and degree it spreads into services, we'll see. Uh, to the extent that the Fed pivots, um, really doesn't matter. This is already set, and it's in. It's been you know cast and dies. It's going to happen, and all the leading indicators are saying that, and the market's confirming it. We're seeing it in the bond market. Just the inversion of the bond curve will create a recession because of the impact it has on the credit impulse. When you look at underlying liquidity, for the first time in uh, a, almost a decade, we're seeing month-on-month declines in M2. The global credit impulse is lower than it was at the bottom going into 08 and 09. Yes, financial conditions have eased somewhat, but they've eased simply because the equity market's gone up and the dollar 
uh, fell, you know, two or three percent. Um, and we, we came from an extreme position of volatility. So as volatility falls, prices move higher. As prices move higher, volatility continues to fall. So it's a very reflexive bounce. Um, it's going to come to an end. We're going to print reality. Earnings are going to come down. Employment's going to weaken on the margin. And we're going to have just an old-fashioned recession. And if it turns into something more, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but I just really encourage investors to let the cycle cycle. It is going to take a few quarters to, to clear all this out. Um, some of your comments there were, were global in nature. And and want to just look across uh, to China here for a moment. Um, so China's economic data continues to disappoint. Um, the PBOC, they cut rates um, just weeks after saying that they're not going to, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, uh, the question here is, you know, are there risks to the U.S. markets from the ongoing deterioration in China's economic growth? Yeah, and, and let's not just focus on the risk to U.S. markets. It's a, Keep in mind, since 2009, for, a lo- for uh, the most part, China has been the growth engine. Uh, it was their rapid debt expansion and continued investment in, in infrastructure and property that pulled us out of 08 and 09, and the whole world should should thank them for that. Um, if my memory serves me correct, they've represented 40% plus of global growth over the last decade. Let's be clear, their growth engine is broken, and um, they quite frankly, probably aren't going to have the political will to do what's necessary to fix it. Um, they're not going to be able to significantly shift to domestic consumption unless they divert a material amount of the income that's generated every year away from corporations and away from those in power to households. And there's I haven't ever read or seen in history where people in power are willing to give up wealth and control and reset and take the economic decline that's implied in that to boost local consumption. Um, so they're going to go back to what they always have, which is malinvestment in infrastructure and property. And they understand that that exacerbates their debt problem. So it's a problem for the world writ large. The world is going to be looking for global growth, which is why I think what we're going through is more than just a post-COVID stimulus recession. We're going through a reset. We're going to have to figure out how we're going to grow. China's not going to be the growth engine. They they probably recognize that. Um, and you know, as supply chains move out, as they begin to deal with their uh, property correction that is going to be multi-year in nature, as it already has been, and it is no different from what Japan. Uh, has experienced. Europe clearly isn't going to be a growth engine, and the U.S. is going to have its own issues. So uh, we're fortunate to be in the U.S. as we move economic activity out of foreign markets and, and bring more activity back to secure supply chains that are critical, whether they're critical to um, providing medical care, medical care or critical defense. That's positive. Um, the U.S. can rebalance its employment base relatively quickly. We will move capital around. We will get through our inflationary pressures and move ahead. If it does mean the U.S. becomes the engine for global growth, it is going to come at the expense of other areas of the world. So I think paying attention to China, paying attention to Europe is definitely going to be critical. So one more thing to talk about. Um 
about some of your comments around the bear market, as we've talked about a lot of these indicators, specifically for you, you know, what elements do you need to see come together uh, that would help you or, or, or point to and a call to the end of the bear market? Yeah, you know, outside into the Fed just you know, pivoting immediately and reinstating massive QE, so it's just a liquidity-driven into uh, the bear market. I think we're going to need to, like I said, let the cycle cycle. We need to reset earnings expectations. You know, just this week, we've seen uh, Target and Kohl's bring down earnings dramatically. Um, you know, there was talk about Kohl's making $8. And, you know, as we've said, retail's over earning. The reality is they're going to make closer to $3. So, that information and, and where it's on the leading edge on these short cycles is already hitting the market. So we've seen it in housing. We've seen it in pockets of tech, but not significant. Uh, we've seen it in retail. We still have to see it play out through the rest of the economy. We have to see it play out in financial earnings. We need to see credit losses start to rise within the financial sector. Loan growth fall off dramatically. Um, we need to see it fall, occur within other areas of consumer durables and industrials and in the services sector. So we're going to start bringing down estimates and expectations with third quarter earnings release. I suspect we're going to see more of the same in the fourth quarter. By the fourth quarter, I would expect to see the weakness in jobs and starting to see other credit issues develop. Maybe when we get into the first quarter, of 23, if we've seen a significant enough slowdown and acknowledgement of, of the areas that are experiencing a recession, that may be when we get expectations low enough that we can start to exceed them, you know, as we move through the rest of 2023. Uh, so level set earnings expectations so that we can beat them. And with that level set top line revenue growth, uh, that's still, I think, two quarters away at least. Uh, we need to see stabilization in credit losses. And keep in mind, we haven't even started that part of the cycle yet. We've just started to see people would point to credit card growth as saying the consumer is healthy. Yeah, but if you, if you really split it up by FICO score and income levels, it's just the lower incomes trying to meet uh, the month end and pay the bills and put gas in the car and food on the table. It's not healthy credit expansion. Um, so I still think we need, are going to have to see credit stabilize. Uh, we need easing liquidity conditions. Yes, the financial conditions in, index has eased with this bear market rally, but I will expect it to tighten up as if the market trades sideways or declines further. Um, we need to see a re-steepening of yield curves. Um, we haven't seen that yet. Um, so we're still backwardated. Um, I, as again, I think we're still very early in this. So without a big shift in, in fiscal and monetary policy, the, the cycle's going to cycle. And it's, and it's going to at least get us through the end of the year into the first quarter, but I think we can get an all clear. But again, we just got to let the data play out. It's going to be a unique cycle unto itself, not like the 70s or the 90s or the aughts or anything like that. Okay, good. Well, we'll let the play cycle play out. We'll keep following along as we go. And uh, thanks. Miss you having here, and you good to have you back. You we'll bet. Talk soon. Thanks, Dan. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. 
Vaughn Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services, and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson and, or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws. Securities discussed within this podcast may be held in the Von Nelson Strategies.